Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. Today, we continue our series titled The Journey with Message 3, which is titled The Reality of Your Redemption. As we look today at our salvation and what it means for us as believers, I believe you'll be blessed by thinking about how God has impacted your life with the power of your redemption. Listen in, take notes, and we'll talk with you at the end of the podcast. Open your Bibles to John, excuse me, 3 John, verse 2. 3 John, verse 2. We're in part 3 of the journey. And the journey is about how we move throughout our lives with God as our navigator. Amen? God is our navigator. He is the one who navigates us from point A to point Z. In other words, from the Alpha to the Omega, he will be with us all the way. Amen? So when we become one with him, we become uh, saved by the blood of Jesus. We receive the Holy Spirit as this additive to us. He is sent to us to be with us and to be the presence of God in our lives. And with that understanding, we see John, the Apostle who has walked with Jesus, seen Jesus work miracles. At the close of the book of John, he said, I've written these things so that you might know him. There are so many more things that I could write, so much more that there wouldn't be enough books to contain the things I saw with Jesus walking around the earth. Amen? He said, I wrote what I could, but just know there's more that I could have wrote. He said, the whole book of John, this is it. This is the same John who found himself imprisoned after he had preached the gospel, sitting on the island of Patmos where they had exiled him and placed him on this prison, and he got a revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. So much so, there's 22 chapters of it written at the end of your Bible. Amen. This is the same John who saw the Spirit of God, saw miraculous things, and saw all the things that we're sometimes scared to read in the book of Revelations, he saw it with his own eyes, shown from God. And this same John is writing to some of the disciples and makes a statement. He said, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. Amen. John, who's had walked with God, seen God do great things, walked with Jesus side by side. He said, I am the disciple that Jesus loved. I'm the disciple who would lay my head on Jesus' chest. I was sitting at the table when that guy was sitting with us and went and betrayed us. We know him as Judas. I've been there all the way with Jesus. Matter of fact, I was minding my own business when Jesus came and called me and my brother. And we left our mother and father. Matter of fact, we left our father in the boat from the business that we all shared together. And we left our family business to follow Jesus. And we walked after him three and a half years. We were there with him. We beheld his glory. I was there on the mountainside when Jesus just took me and my brother and Peter up on the side of a hill. And he began transforming from looking like a man to shining like light. He said, I saw all of that. This is the same guy who then says, beloved, I got a simple message for you. I pray, of all the things that he could pray, having walked with Jesus, seen Jesus, 
heard Jesus, been taught by Jesus, then testified of Jesus afterwards. Of all the things he said he could pray for, he prays, I, beloved, I pray that you may prosper. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? He said, you already have Christ. You're already, uh, you're already in the things of God. But now I'm praying that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Now, there's a couple of things that are inherent in what he's saying here. And first is we have to understand the definition of prosper. So the definition of prosper, we're going to pull that up really quickly. The definition of prosper means to be equipped for a journey. To succeed, to be equipped for a journey. The uh, old English saying used to be prosper thee well. In other words, you're going on a journey as you leave, prosper thee well. Spock changed it to live long and prosper. <laughs> Amen. A few handful of Trekkies in here to laugh at that. <laughs> to prosper means to succeed. We talk about prosperity, oh, prosperity preaching. We get, we get caught up on that. But the truth is, to prosper means to succeed. And the reality is, is that most things you need to succeed in, it's going to take some resources in order to succeed. Amen. Amen. Unfortunately, we had homeless outreach yesterday. And unfortunately, some of those people cannot succeed because they don't have access to resources. Amen. I have a friend, he had a big vision. He had a big, big vision. But he could never move on his vision because he didn't have enough money to do it. Amen. So part of prosperity is indeed money. But we know, we were taught that Jesus said, don't worry about the money. Why? He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things will get added to you. Amen. Amen. Come on. Are y'all ready for what I'm going to tell you today? Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and everything else you need will be added to you. Amen. I was praying about poverty in the city of Vallejo. I was praying about it. I was praying about it. I was praying about it. And then I got a job working in Vallejo as a job developer for this company. And I'm praying about, Lord, I want to do something about, I want to do something about poverty. I want I'm praying about it. I'm praying about it. Next thing you knew, I got promoted. And then I was, I was no longer a job developer, but then I was supervising a job developer. I said, Lord, I want to do something about poverty. I want to be, I'm praying and asking God. Next thing I knew, I was the manager of the whole program. I had adult programs, youth programs, veterans programs and I could get all of them jobs what God answered my prayer yes without giving me a dime because now I'm praying to do something about poverty and God moved me so that I had access to millions of dollars in order to help people get trained help people get new jobs help people move around and do whatever they do why because God will answer our prayers if we start praying the right way amen Amen. When I stopped crying about what I saw and I started allowing God to do something, God ushered me to where I had power to do what needed to be done. Amen. Amen. Without him then having to also chastise me because I was misusing what was given to me. <laughs> Amen. Because if he had given me the millions of dollars, I might have misused it. But he gave it to me in a way where I couldn't misuse it. Amen. 
Amen. Come on. Somebody tell your neighbor, say, God can get to us whatever he needs to get to us. Now, my heart's desire was revealing a journey. It was revealing that God wants to take me somewhere. Why? Because the word says if we delight ourselves in God, he will grant to us the desires of our hearts. In other words, so there was something in my heart that I'm desiring and I'm wanting to see change. I'm wanting to see something happen. And God says, good, now that I have revealed your heart, let me usher you to where I need you to be for this season to do something about it. Your heart starts to reveal the journey, but the journey is always guided by God. The word tells us in the book of, 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 of Psalms that the Steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. In other words, when we are righteous, God orders our steps. And sometimes he orders your steps without your awareness that he's doing it. Amen? Amen. Sometimes he orders your steps and you don't even realize you're stepping where God wants you to go. While you're asking God, God, what is your, what is your will? I really want you to tell me your will. I really want to know your will, Lord. Can you help me understand what is your will for me, Lord? What is your... Oh, hello. How are you doing? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. If you're sitting by your spouse, say the will of God is here. Amen. Amen. If you're not sitting next to your spouse, say the will of God is almost here. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. So to prosper means to succeed, to be equipped for a journey. In other words, God does not send us on journeys that he does not also make provision for. In other words, when your journey includes anything, there is already a provision for what you need to handle in that journey. Amen? Amen. Whatever is required on that journey is at your fingertips, is at your disposal. Amen? To be equipped for a journey means there's certain things you have to have. If we're going to take a road trip, we're going to drive across the country. We're going to take Highway 80 as far as we can go. We're going to drive from the east to the west. We're going to go. We got to be equipped though. Amen? Because if you just jump in your car and drive, start driving, probably about four into, hours into your drive, if you have not made any preparation, you're going to figure out why you should have made preparation. Amen? <laughs> Amen? 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 Sun is going down. I'm not prepared. Did you make a reservation? No, I ain't made no reservations. <laughs> You're going to stay in the car? Yeah, but it's cold. Yeah, it's going to be something that's going to reveal why you needed to make provision. But here's what God is. God said, my name is Jehovah Jireh. I'm the one who looks ahead and already makes provision for you. Amen. God looks ahead and he makes provision for your life. And you need to understand that you have provision already made for you. You're equipped for the journey that you're on. Amen. See, there was a season where I was, I was uptight about some things. And I was worried about some things. And I had to come to understanding that, you know what, son? I've already in my plan of redemption made a way for you. Amen? <laughs> I've already made a way for you. You don't know the way, but I've made the way. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, God is my GPS. The way has been made. 
Amen. Amen. Sometimes you live in your life and you start hearing the Holy Spirit say, uh, correcting, correcting, correcting. <laughs> recalculating, recalculating. Whatever yours says, amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> there are five areas of equipping and prosperity that we're talking about in this series. And you've heard them before because they are the same areas of spiritual maturity, but you want to dial into these because I'm going to dig a little deep into these and make sure that you understand what you're equipped to do. Amen? Number one is covenant relationships with God. Your covenant relationship with God is the relationship that's established for you by God through your redemption in Jesus Christ. In other words, because I'm saved, because I've received Christ as my Lord and Savior, there is a prosperity for me that comes with my redemption. I just heard somebody tell the story. I've heard it before. I somebody heard somebody told it again about the man that, that bought a ticket to a cruise. He was excited about going on the cruise. His money was tight, and he said, man, I'm just going to get this ticket. He got his ticket, and he went in his room, and at the end of the cruise, the captain sees him walking down there. He said, man, I saw you get on the boat, but I haven't seen you the whole trip. He said, you didn't come out for dinner? You didn't come? He said, oh, well, you know, when I bought my ticket, I couldn't afford much. I just, all I could afford was my ticket. He said, man, your ticket included the food. <laughs> your ticket included the meals. Your ticket included everything that's on the boat is yours for buying the ticket. If you knew that, then you could have been having fun with everybody else. You could have been eating good. You could have went, you could have laid down in your bed and ate some Tums and said, oh, I got to go to bed. I ate too much. <laughs> you could have been like everybody else on the cruise. But my people perish for lack of knowledge. In other words, there's some things we miss out on. We don't, even, we don't even sometimes accept our salvation as part of our prosperity. Because we haven't thought about it that way. And so we get saved and we say, I'm just glad to be saved. Now I just got to try to stay saved. When the fact of the matter is your salvation has brought you into the kingdom of light. And with that redemption, you have also received access to all other things. But you can't get what you don't understand you have. If you don't understand the concept of a bank, you surely would never go there to try to get money out of it. Amen? If you didn't understand the concept of a bank, you wouldn't just walk down the street and assume, that's a place I can get money. You would have to understand the concept that money gets put in there and money's there. You can go in there and take out what you put in. Wow, I never knew that. Yes, that's how it works. But if you don't know how it works, you can't access it. <laughs> Amen. So what about your redemption do you understand? And what about your redemption do you not yet understand? Because I guarantee you, whatever you don't understand, the devil's going to try to make sure you never do understand. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Today we're talking about your covenant relationship with God. Your covenant relationship with God. Tell your neighbor, say, I have a covenant which is a contract. Ooh, Lord, yes, a covenant is a contract. Amen. It means that two parties have made an agreement and they will both uphold their side of the agreement. 
<laughs> Amen. How many of you have financed a car before? <laughs> it's a contract, amen? And the contract says, you agree to pay whatever amount per month with this much down and pay it for this many months. It also says what they call the fine print. And that is, if you fail on your side of the agreement, we will come take your car. The agreement also says that they agree to put their money to buy your car from the dealer, which means now you have a contractual obligation with them. Amen? Amen. So everybody understands that concept, right? Amen. So we have a covenant with God, a contract with God. But this is how powerful the contract is with God. God says, I will give Jesus as your sacrifice for your sin that you committed. Your sin. Your, all of your falling shorts of the glorious ideal of God. I'm going to offer him to you. If you agree to receive him, then you get all the rights and privileges that he has as a son. And all I need you to do is believe it. Do you want it or not? <laughs> See, the bank told me, if you don't fulfill your side of the bargain, I'm coming to get what I gave you. God says, if you don't fulfill it, you're just going to miss out. <laughs> I'm taking all the risk <laughs> and putting it on you. Amen? All you have to do is believe that I'm assuming the risk. <laughs> Amen. Come on. Come on. Y'all like that deal? <laughs> Amen. I hope you like it because that's a good deal. Amen. Romans 3, verse 20. Let's begin there. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. So, Paul, writing to the Roman church, is telling them there is no deed of the law that you can do to be justified by God. There is no, no law you can follow. You can't string enough laws to follow in order to be redeemed. Amen. No flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now, the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. In other words, this is a deal that was never there before. Nobody could be justified outside the law previously. Being witnessed by the law. In other words, the law is still here to watch it. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's here still to watch you, but you, you're not a debtor to the law. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who what? Believe. Believe. For there's no difference. <laughs> now, in this passage, he's explained to the Roman church, he said, there were Jews who were born into the law. And then there's all you Gentiles who weren't. He said, but he's making one way for both those who were under the law and those who were born with no law 
to all be justified in Christ. Now, here's the beautiful thing about this. When you understand this reality, this reality of your redemption, you should be totally free. There is no law you can follow that will justify you by God. There's also no law you can follow that when you have believed will disqualify you from God. <laughs> there are people in church all the time who come to church and they may have real life issues going on. And they do what we call fall. And when they fall, they hide from church people because church people don't understand this passage. And church people sometimes set up a whole bunch of laws and rules to hold over people. And when you fall short of the law, then what they do is say, see, you didn't really get it. And they start putting condemnation on people. And then people start bearing the weight of condemnation. And when the weight of condemnation gets heavy enough, I snap because I can't hold this. And so I just never come back to church because I can't do what all those other people over there do. When the fact of the matter is, most of them have fallen too. If you stop looking at their face and look at their clothes, you will see how dirty they are from falling all the time. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> all right. Verse 21. Excuse me. Verse, verse 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe, there is no difference. And verse 23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every person sinned and falls short of the glory of God. There are no people born holy. Some people believe they were born holy or they were born destined to certain things in God because of their family or whatever else. Guess what? If, your family, if you were born, then you were born a sinner. Amen. The only way to get into earth is a sin ticket, and you can't get in any other way. Amen? <laughs> you can come through the womb as you was righteous. You didn't come through this one. No, your ticket says sinner. And when you got in, you get ushered to the sinner row where all the other sinners sit. Amen? <laughs> Amen. You were born flawed. You were born below the standard of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You weren't born divine. You might have, you know I mean, that shine they saw on you as a baby was the light shining off all the embiotic fluid that was on you. It was not the glory of God. <laughs> yeah, that glow was not God. Amen. All right, turn to Colossians. Oh, Lord, come on. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Oh, Lord. I need the Lord to help me sometimes. Hallelujah. All the time. Amen. Amen. All right. Colossians, Colossians chapter 1. Now, reality of your redemption. Tell, tell your neighbor, say, my redemption is real. Amen. I want you to know how real it is. Colossians chapter 1. We're going to begin at verse 13. It says, he has delivered us from the power of what? darkness and conveyed us into what kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sin there's a couple of things skin sins with an s on the end in other words all your sins 
He has delivered us from the power of darkness. In other words, there is a power of darkness in the world. There's a power of darkness that we're born under. And we're born under that, that power of darkness. And for many of us, that darkness will drive you to dark places. And the unfortunate thing about the world right now is the more that the world embraces darkness, the deeper people go into it. Because yes. I'm telling you what, if you're born blind, darkness is what you live in. See, I was born into the world in darkness, and that's all I knew because I was blind to anything else. And even in, quote, religion, I was still religion in darkness. And until you have the light of the gospel really shine in your eyes, even when you try to do the right thing, you're still doing the wrong thing. Why? Because you've got to have the light of the gospel. Amen. Salvation doesn't come from going to church. It comes from receiving Christ. Amen? Amen. 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 I know, I, I told my, one of my friends, when I, was, when I was an atheist, one of my friends run around with me everywhere I went. We all, went. all we went to some crazy places, did some really stupid stuff, and he was right on my side. And, and every, every Sunday morning, though, he would go home, maybe go to church, get dressed, and go to church on Sunday morning. And one day we were over at his mom's house. His mom said, baby, when are you going to come to church? I said, uh, I said I'm sorry. I said, I'll be sleeping on Sunday morning. I ain't going to church. <laughs> and she said, you need to come. I said, no, I'm not coming to church. I said, I don't even believe there's a God. I'm not coming to church. Well, you should come. So-and-so come to church. I said, yeah, you know what? I, I love him, but I ain't coming to church. Because I knew I didn't know God. So I knew going to church was not going to help me. I don't even believe there's a God. So going to church sure ain't going to help me. But there are times when people are linked up. That's why the word says don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Amen. Because sometimes unbelievers, I was dragging him. He's trying to do the right thing. I'm dragging him into darkness. And then he's struggling. He's trying to get up. We're going to come in at 5 o'clock in the morning. He's going to take a shower and go to church. No, I'm going to bed. And then next weekend, I'm going to drag him right back out there. Because at the season, he didn't understand. And so I'm taking him out. And he doesn't realize I'm dragging him further into the darkness because I can't see light. And I'm not afraid of the darkness because I live in darkness. Amen? I live in darkness. Darkness ain't bothering me. Darkness was bothering Man, we shouldn't do that. Why not? <laughs> Man, we shouldn't do that. Yeah, we should. Let's do it. <laughs> Why? Because I live in darkness. He didn't understand his redemption. He didn't understand he should have been shining a light on me. I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying. Understanding. He should have been shining a light on me and dragging me into the light. Amen. Amen. How many of you understand those in the light have the responsibility to help others come out of the dark? Amen. Come on. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. In other words, there is a power in darkness. No, people don't stay in darkness because, because of no reason. They stay in darkness because there's a power in darkness. There's a power that holds people, that holds people ransom in darkness, and they can't break out unless they have something to break the chains. And the reason you're here is because Jesus broke those chains. Amen. Jesus is the answer that breaks the chains of darkness off of people. And the reason you're here today saying, I love Jesus, the reason you worship is because those chains were broken off of you. Now, once the chains are broken, the enemy now will continue to try to call you back to darkness. 
to take advantage of the fact that you were once there. Amen? Come on, let's, let's look at verse 15 here. Actually, no, I don't want to go there. Go to uh, Colossians 2. That's what, Colossians 2, verse 11. Let's go there. Colossians 2 and 11. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you about your journey. I'm telling you about your journey. Your journey and redemption is vital to your understanding of your journey and how successful you can be in your journey for God. Let's look at this. Colossians chapter 2, verse 11, it says, In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Circumcision means to cut away the skin. And so the cutting away of skin, he said, you've been circumcised. You've, you've had that skin that had no usefulness. You had it cut off. You had that un, unrenewed part of you removed. But it didn't happen with hands. It had by the hand of God. Amen. Putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. You've been buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. In other words, Jesus went through a process of being buried and he's risen from the dead in the same way you've had sin cut away from you and the darkness of life cut away from you and now you are now free to rise in the newness of life. Amen. We have the power to rise in the newness of life. Amen. Come on. Look at verse, uh, let's go to verse, uh, yes. And you being dead, in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him. In other words, you were living a regular human life, dead to the things of God, and he said, no, I'm going to make you new alive. I'm going to make you a new life. I'm going to now make you alive together with Christ. The same way Christ was raised, I'm going to raise you. Tell your neighbor, say, I've been raised. Come on, you've been raised. You're not who you used to be, Amen. That's how you got out of the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of the light of his dear son. Amen. Why? Because he made you alive and pulled you out of darkness and put you into a new place. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Come on. I hope you know how much God loves you. Amen. I hope you know how much God loves you. Let's read verse 13 and then verse 14. And you, I want you to repeat after me, say, and I, and I being, dead being dead in my trespasses, my trespasses and the uncircumcision of my flesh, of my flesh has, made me alive has made me alive together with him, together with him. Having, forgiven having forgiven all my sins. All my sins. Come on, come on. He made you alive, having forgiven all of your sins. There are people who want to remind you of your sin, and you need to remind them, no, I've been made alive. Amen. Amen. Look at, look at the next verse. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. That's Verse 15, having disarmed principalities and powers. There was an old TV show that used to come on when I was a little kid. It was this comedian by the name of Flip Wilson. 
And he had this character who would always say, the devil made me do it. <laughs> Whatever the issue is, the devil made me do it. <laughs> Amen. And I know a lot of Christians that still say, the devil made me do it. <laughs> Ooh, I was, I was living right, but then the devil got to me. I was doing the things of God, and then the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil is a lie. He definitely can't do nothing to you because my Bible says here that he's been disarmed. <laughs> it says that Jesus has disarmed the devil. Do you know where the, think, look at that word, disarmed. <laughs> we know what it means, but think about the picture, what it means to be disarmed. <laughs> Come on. You, he's disarmed principalities and powers, amen? Now, when they have a, 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 a disarmament of a, of a military, it means they take all their weapons away. They were disarmed. They took all your weapons away. Amen? And on a human body, if you're disarmed, amen? I don't have to paint the picture. Y'all know, if you're disarmed, what? You ain't got no arms. Your arms is what you grab people with. Your arms is what you swing at people with. Your arms is how you fight. So if you've been disarmed, Oh, come on, come on. I'm, I'm going to make this plain for y'all in a minute. I want, this is, I'm talking about your redemption, amen? amen? Come on, come on. Turn to the book, keep your finger there, go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to go to verse 11. Ephesians 6 and 11. Now, he just said <laughs> that Jesus, by the work of his cross, disarmed principalities and powers. Am I, is that correct? Is that what the Bible said? It said that when I was dead in my trespasses and uncircumcision of my flesh, he made me alive together with him, having forgiven me all my trespasses, and he wiped out the handwriting requirements that was against me, and he disarmed principalities and powers. Is that correct? He disarmed principalities and powers. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the what? The wiles, the trickeries of the devil. Here's that devil again. The devil made me do it. The devil, devil, devil. The devil did it, right? Here he is. We're going to put on armor so we can fight the devil, right? Verse 12. For we do not wrestle against what? But against and... Ooh, against principalities and powers. So our fight is not against flesh and blood. Turn to your neighbor and say, you might get on my nerves, but I ain't fighting with you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. We're not wrestling with flesh and blood. I ain't fighting with you. I'm not wrestling with you. Amen. Not flesh and blood. Amen. Ooh, I love, man, I just, one day I want to, I'm going to put a body cam on so y'all can see yourselves when I say this kind of stuff. <laughs> we're going to make it, we're going to put it right up there in body cam shows. Like, I, I got husbands looking like this. 
<laughs> I got wise looking like this. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles. You're not standing against the blows. You're standing against the tricks, the wiles of the devil. Why? Because we're not wrestling with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, correct? Yes. But those spiritual wickedness, those principalities and powers are told in Colossians, they've been what? Disarmed. They've been disarmed. They don't, they don't have the power we attribute them to have. They have wiles. What is wiles? Deception and trickery. See, we think of devil as the four. He, he, has, he has equipped Hollywood to make him a persona. He has empowered Hollywood. I remember the night I got saved, we were watching a movie on TV. And I didn't want to watch the movie. I was just, oh, damn. I was mad about something. I was, mm. And so they watching this. Let's watch this movie. And they watched this movie. And in the movie, they had a, this priest. He was fighting this vampire. And they called the priest. And so the priest was walking up the stairs with his, with his, <laughs> with his cross to the vampire. And so, and I, I, this is so funny because I remember this because I had seen the movie before. So it was like, so the priest is walking up the stairs with, the, with, with his cross. And, and, and the vampire is walking down the stairs. And he's got his cross and he's, He's shaking and he's holding the cross up. And the vampire reached out and crushed the cross, right? And, and this is the vampire statement. He said, it doesn't work if you don't have any faith. <laughs> the vampire knew. <laughs> the vampire knew, man, it's by faith and not by all this other stuff. You're going to fight me, you better have some faith. <laughs> He said, man, I, I tricked you into thinking that cross is going to work. That cross is not working. The only one that works is the cross of Jesus and our faith on that cross. Amen. That's what defeats the enemy. Amen. It defeats him by faith. And he wants to get us in fights. He wants to get us to war against each other. And we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We wrestle with principalities and powers. And they're already disarmed. Come on. Come on. This is my redemption. My redemption is my revelation, understanding that the devil, because of my relationship with Christ, does not have power to stop me. Devils aren't my problem. Amen. So when we go into spiritual warfare, we bind the enemy, understanding he's been disarmed. Amen. So now what are we fighting about? We're fighting with people getting their minds renewed to understand that Hollywood devil is not the real devil. Right. Amen. Right. The devil, he owes so much money to Hollywood because they've done PR for him like nobody's business. <laughs> he should pay up because he owes somebody some money because amen. <laughs> We're in battle against the curse that's on the earth. Where did the, the curse come from? In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, Adam and Eve fell, and Adam and Eve eat of a fruit, and they set in motion a curse. And then God explains it to them. He said, listen, cursed is the ground because of you. Adam, from now on, you're going to have to work this ground to make it do what you want it to do. Before, you had a garden where everything you wanted just came up. 
Now you got to work it because the curse is on the earth. Amen. I'm going to do like I do in the morning. I put a snooze on there. Amen. All right. <laughs> Amen. All right. We got Because I got to get you somewhere. I got to get you somewhere. I'll let you go. I got I to make sure you get there. Let's confess. Principalities and powers in my life are being disarmed. They have no power. Besides deception, because I have been set free and made whole and redeemed by the blood of Jesus. My redemption means that I can walk free all the time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, you've been translated. Real quick, Ephesians, flip one page over, Ephesians chapter 2. I want you to understand, your redemption is based on two things, and two things only. Your redemption is only based on two things. Number one is faith. You are redeemed by the faith that you have in God. The second is grace. And grace is the love of God extended to us for no reason. Faith and grace. Those are the two things your, your, your salvation, your redemption are based on. In other words, if you never live up to, quote, your potential, it doesn't change God from loving you like you are his best child. Amen. Amen. Some people, oh, my season passed. My, you know, I didn't do what I could have did. No, I ain't did what I could have did either, but God still loves me. Amen. Amen. But guess what? I'm motivated now to do what I'm supposed to do today. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, maybe I missed it yesterday, but that don't make any difference because guess what? The GPS is correcting. Correction, correction, correction. The GPS is making account for where I am now. Amen. And now that he knows where I am, which he always did, I'm the one that was lost. Amen. Come on. Come on. Did you ever think about this? Your car knows where it is. You don't know where you are. <laughs> That's why it's saying correcting, correcting, correcting. You were supposed to turn left. You turned right. You didn't know where you were supposed to go. The car said, man, come on, man. Get over here. Make another right. Get back where you're supposed to be. The car's not lost. And God's not lost. You're lost. <laughs> Amen. But you get found when you say yes to God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Ephesians 2, 2, verse, hallelujah, verse 8. Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace you've been saved through, whoo, there it is, grace and faith. It's not yourselves, it's the gift of God. Grace and faith are the gift to you. Redemption is God's gift to you, amen? It is a gift to you. Man, listen. No, I'm not going to say that. I mean, no, let me stay on the course. Amen. Hallelujah. No, y'all don't want to hear this one. Come on. Look, verse 9. Verse, verse 9. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Not of works. If, if our redemption was based on works, then some of us would be able to brag about who we are, where we are, or assume that we are royalty other than others. See, we're all been made kings and priests in Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. There's nothing special about me. 
other than I love God and God loves me. Amen. And then that made me special. Amen. But that special I receive is special you receive. Amen. That God's not a respecter of persons. God doesn't have people who are divinely supposed to be in one particular space. Jesus picks 12 disciples without ever one time saying that there's a level or a tier. As a matter of fact, he told them all, anyone who desires to be great among you, let me tell you how you do it. Let him serve. If you want to be great, learn how to serve. He didn't, t- he didn't say, you know what, you are destined for this and you are destined for that. He said, no, anybody that desires to be great among you, let him become the servant of all. As a matter of fact, the ones who asked for special privilege decided they would ask their mother, mom, go ask Jesus, can we sit on his left side and his right side? Come on, mom, he loved, you know how Jesus loved you, mama. <laughs> oh Jesus would you let my two sons when you enter your kingdom would you let one sit on your left and one sit on your right and Jesus said it's not for me to do that whoever is for is who is for but you know what they will have their own but be it unto you according to your faith in other words redemption is wide open the keys of the kingdom are, are given to us by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And all he wants us to do is, by faith, receive it, believe it, and walk in it. Amen? Amen. Walk in the fullness. I want to encourage you today to walk in the fullness of your redemption. I want to encourage you, learn this, to, to pour back out what God has given to you. Let's learn how to serve. Let's learn how to just accept the fact that God has made us righteous. Amen? Amen. I got to give you verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. When you read this, all Paul ever says, when he talks about himself, he says, I've been suffering and I've been out there doing it. And I've given myself to God. I've done this and those things. He never talks about rewards in terms of what he gets. Other than when he gets to the end of his life, he said, now it's been prepared for me. A crown of righteousness. Which is also available to all of you. (laughs) Amen. Those who love Christ that is appearing. Amen. Amen. I want you to know this. God's desire for us, God's will for us is that we walk in this fullness of redemption. And when you walk in the fullness of redemption, you will stop complaining about your life. Amen. When you start walking in your redemption, you will know, man, you know what? God's got me. God's got this. You know what? I'm tired today, but God got me. Amen. You know what? You know what? They're making threats to me, but God's got me. Amen. Come on. They're talking crazy about me, but God's got me. Amen. Come on, uh, man, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know God is with me on this journey and he is working my way and my steps are ordered of the Lord. And wherever my steps end up, when I get there, I'm going to say, praise the Lord, I'm here. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah, I'm here. Amen. And God will continue to open doors before me. God will continue to make a way for me. And that needs to be your confession because you believe in the reality of your redemption. Amen.
And the more you really believe in the reality of your redemption, redemption, the easier it will be to you when people want to know from you, how are you doing this? Is you will answer with faith. Amen. Amen. I watched a young lady. We were at this conference. This lady, it was a question, Q&A session. And this young lady raised her hand. She said, and everybody's asking ministry questions. And this young lady asked a personal question. And the thing that she said, she said, I'm embarrassed because I'm getting a divorce. And I'm pregnant right now. And I don't know how I'm going to, and she's really sad. And she's tearing up about it. And she's, you know, she's kind of half laughing, half crying. You know, you know what we do. We, we, we try to be strong so we make it a joke out of stuff when we know we're hurting about it. Amen? Amen. So she's telling the story and she's feeling sad and she's 27 and, you know, she, she's sad, sacking, and I can hear everybody. And I was feeling the same. Oh, that's sad. We all, oh, that's sad. So she asked the question, and the person who answered the question, he said, he said, I hate to tell you this, he said, but life throws you curves sometimes. He said, but God's given you a ministry out of this, and you're going to minister to people. You're going to walk out of this victorious. And he started prophesying to her where she's going to go rather than sympathize with her in her weakness. Amen? So, when I, so we talk about not having sympathy for people, but having compassion for people. Compassion says, you know what, I see your problem, but I believe God's going to bring you out of it. And I'm going to encourage you to step forward and to not lay down in the city. Because if you lay down, then the principalities and powers that are disarmed have lied to you and got you to lay down. Yes. Amen. Listen. Listen, I'm going to tell you what I would tell somebody else. If a wrestler with no, hand, uh, no arms whoops you, you need to get whooped. <laughs> Amen? If a wrestler with no arms talk to you, you say, man, come here, come here, come here, man. <laughs> no, you need to get whooped. <laughs> Don't let a wrestler with no arms whoop you. Amen? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, I got to stop. I, I got, I got, I told you I couldn't finish this. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's stand on our feet. Hallelujah. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray for you because I want you to, I want you to be in the fullness of your redemption. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's a picture right there. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands. Let's, 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 let's take an attitude of worship to God right now for a moment here. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We thank you for the reality of your words speaking to us today. Lord, we thank you that laughter does good like medicine. And so we thank you for the medication that you've administered to us right now. We thank you that this medicine of the word of God would enter our, both our hearts and our understanding. We thank you for it being revelation knowledge to us today that we know what we need to do when we walk out of here today. We thank you, Lord, that we are going to walk in the fullness of our redemption. We thank you that this is a church where people understand their redemption. They understand we've been made prosperous by the redemption of Christ in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that our prosperity has begun right now because we have said yes to Jesus. We thank you right now that our prosperity has already begun taking shape because we're starting to understand that God has elevated us above the adversary. 
We thank you that angels look to human beings and say, what is man? What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you would visit him. You've made him a little lower than yourself. And you've crowned him with honor and glory. See, the devil's been trying to persuade us that after we gave our lives to Jesus, that we were still the old person. But the Bible tells me that when I came into Christ, I became a new creation. The old things passed away. All things became new. And these things, these new things in my life, these are the things of God. They are the things of my redemption. They are the things of my salvation. They are the things that allow me to now walk in the fullness of the gospel. They're the things that allow me to succeed where others have fallen. They're the things that allow me to walk in places that I should not be able to go. They're the things that allow me that no matter what my pedigree or my understanding or anything else, that I have been given the mind of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, that this generation of people in this room right now, this group of people that are here right now, have been divinely led here, Lord, to gather a new understanding and a new revelation of kingdom life. I thank you right now with that new understanding, Lord, we're prepared to move deeper into the things of God and to experience the fullness of our redemption. Hallelujah. We thank you right now, Lord, that we are breaking chains and we're able to walk with God. We're able to do what God has called us to do. There is no enemy whatsoever, not angel, not demon, not created thing that will separate us from the love of God. And we thank you because we cannot be separated from you, Lord, that we are invincible in our lives, in our walk. Hallelujah. We thank you right now that we have the power of God available to us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit moving among us. And right now we are prepared, Lord, to see you move in us in a new way. Hallelujah. We thank you that you're supernaturally giving us access to all things by the power of your Holy Spirit right now. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to ask Tammy to come down here for just a moment, please. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to today's message titled The Reality of Your Redemption from our series titled The Journey. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, please feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. On the site, you're going to find a lot of things, especially information about us, our church and events calendar, and other messages that may be of interest to you. Once again, the site is AbundantLifeWorship.net. You can also find us on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash AbundantLifeWorship.net. God bless. We look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. And until then, remember that Jesus came to give you life and that more abundantly.